working on Thomas, gets around him, up, under, and in! Oh, what a move for Kyrie Irving! Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome into the Up and Under podcast. I'm your host, Hani. Join with me, as always, it's Zishan. Yo. All right, man. Still in the dry month of the NBA. Like, March is kind of like this month that we just hope ends as quickly as possible. Like, as we said last episode, it's everyone that's in the playoff race is gearing for the playoffs. Everyone who's not in the playoff race is just doing the same thing and tanking. And, like, all the headlines, now, there's no more headlines pretty much because it's all, everyone's just focused now. Exactly. So, like, it kind of sucks for people like us who are trying to, like, you know, talk about the NBA because there's really not a lot to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's just locked in and everyone's just trying to... And it's not like there's anything, uh, the playoffs hasn't started yet either, yeah. so we can't really talk about that yet. Exactly. But we can speculate on what the playoffs are going to be like and hopefully get an idea on what's going to happen heading into the playoffs. So with that, in this week's episode, we're going to be going over some Dark Horse Conference Finals contenders. Now, obviously, we have our top echelon of teams, you know, teams that we know have a legitimate shot of making it to the conference finals, even the NBA finals. But these are teams that we feel, you know, are maybe can win a playoff series, but aren't really slated to make it to the conference finals, but actually have a great chance of doing so, in our opinions at least. So we'll be going over some teams for the East and the Western Conference that we feel have a chance to make it to the conference finals. Then obviously we'll be concluding with the up and under segment, which will be very eventful, Mm -hmm. obviously thanks to the New York Knicks. It's always thanks to New it's York. Always in a New York after, I swear half our episodes are always thank you, New York, for giving us the headlines, bro. Huh. Yeah, I, you know what? Weirdly enough, you might be right. I mean, it's not even us. It's not just us, though. Literally every sport, every media outlet and stuff. That's, just, New York, that's the power of New York media, yeah. I guess. But anyway, that's near, hopefully near the, near the end of the episode. We'll be going over some of that stuff. But without any further ado, let's jump right into some of our Dark Horse Conference Finals contenders. So I guess we'll start in the Western Conference since we have... I guess more to talk, more teams that could potentially be a dark horse. I mean, for to be honest, if we're talking like both conferences, if we're being realistic, any of those teams can get out. Like one through six, if yeah. we're being honest, and both conferences are pretty even. Oh yeah, I mean, it's honestly this has been probably like people say that having parity in the league was going to be a bad thing. You know, because we've been so used to like the super team era. But honestly speaking, like it's more exciting and more interesting. It's more competitive. Exactly. That, like, Everyone so can much make more it. Competition. Yeah. So like as know. as we we grew up watching like two thousands basketball. So I mean, the first first half of two thousands was LA dominated, obviously. But, but towards that, that middle part, you know, um, a lot of teams had a chance to make it. And that's that's where like me and you. That's the time that we watched basketball. So. It's a bit more different for us, I guess, than, say, like, you know, younger kids that are grew up watching, like, I don't know, like, the Heat. The last that, 10 years. Yeah, the last 10 years, pretty much. Yeah, so, so... For us, it's more of a nicer thing. You know, it's nice to see this coming back. Yeah. So, I guess one team that potentially is a dark horse to make it to the conference finals... Well, and this my, was your pick. It wasn't, really, opinion, it wasn't even really this mine. This isn't heavily from my opinion, and if y'all have listened to any of our previous episodes, you'll know why. But in my opinion, I feel like the Dallas Mavericks are a going to be a dark horse to make it to the conference finals. Mm-hmm. Now, on paper, they're not the most talented team. They currently are the seventh seed in the Western Conference, but they have the number one ranked offense in the league. And you know, we can say whatever, anything that we want that you know, defense wins championships, and you know, it's all about defense. But this is a scoring league now, and if you can score the basketball, 
in the like and again we don't know like this is heavily speculation on whether or not they can score at this level in the playoffs but as long as their offense doesn't fall apart this team can get hot and they can catch fire well that's my thing like you said that that last sentence though can they keep it up in the playoffs the problem is you, you can say it's a scoring league all you want yeah in the playoffs right now too teams score more than they did 10 years ago yeah but if you look at the playoffs though it's always defense wins but i'm not gonna say but the mavs aren't even a bad defensive team the middle the 17th the middle of the pack and i think um, yeah but listen and the play that's right now playoffs is when matchups get exploited so you know what everyone's gonna do just pick on luca all day well that's the thing like, again like he's, he's not i'm not gonna say he's a bad defender you know what's funny but he's not a great defender but he has something that's over like that's better than what a guy like trey young has he at least has size like luca can at least like Put his arms up and actually that, contest. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Is he, he he's not a bad defender per se, but listen, bro. Like that's my thing too. Steph Curry isn't. If you look at Steph Curry, even especially team wise, he's not a bad defender at all. He's a pretty decent defender. But obviously, you look at the 2017, 2016 finals. What happened? The Cavs literally isolated the hell out of Steph Curry on Kyrie, and Kyrie exposed them because there's not much Steph can can do. Like, he's an okay defender, but he's not that great of a defender. And that's when matchups get exploited in the playoffs. And remember, Luka, so that's, that's what they're going to do to Luka. But Luka's not the only guy in that team. They also have Chris Dabbs, who, again, isn't the greatest defender. But if you can keep him near the rim, he's a good, he's a good rim protector because he's, he's got the length to, to block some shots. They also have decent defenders. Like, I mean, they got Dorian Finney-Spence. They have DeLon Wright. They, I mean, if they want to throw Boban out there for, for, for crying out loud, they can do that. Uh, Dwight Powell. I, well, Dwight Powell, he's out for the year. That's that, I was gonna bring him up too because he was a really important piece for them. He wasn't important. If you watch, if you watch oh, the Dallas Mavericks, Willie Cauley Stein. Yeah, but Willie Cauley Stein isn't isn't the player. And that even Maxi Kleba isn't even that terrible. Like so, like again, like I think they don't like they're not the best team on paper, especially to make a defensive argument about. But hey, Maxi Kleba, I will give him credit. The Dallas versus Raptors game, he locked up Pascal. Which we're, we can talk about the Raptors another time, but that's we also another. Yeah, that's. But going back to the Dallas Mavericks, my question is: I think Luca will be fine. Listen, I I do predict he'll have some struggles because every every first year player in the playoffs always has struggles. You know, unless you're, uh, I mean, I guess like LeBron and all of them didn't. But you know, mostly players in in their first playoff series usually have struggles. My thing is, will Chris Stapps be able to handle it? And, and the problem is that Chris Stapps, he has all the talent in the world, but number one, he's coming off, uh, what, wrestling for, what, two years or whatever it was? And it was, it was ACL. So. It was almost like he was out for almost like, what, two years or whatever, wasn't it? He was out for at least a year. At least a year. A year okay. after they kept him out long. And, and don't forget, he's a big man coming off an injury. Those are always worse. So that's my one thing about Chris Asperzing is just number one, he came off a huge injury. Number two, personally watching Chris Asperzing is I've never trusted him as that guy that can pick it up. Just listen, it can be different this time around with a number one, serious number one option, Luca beside him. But I've never, I look at, I, I look at the eye test a lot of times and my eyes usually don't lie to me when I watch the NBA games because I can, I can read NBA games. I know how to study them. I've never seen uh, Chris Asperzingis as that kind of guy. I I agree. Like, if Chris Tapp was the number one guy in this team, I would definitely agree that like, I'd be more there'd be more concern in my eyes. 
But again, like you said, he's now a number, a definitive number two with Luca, um, and I think that that like having that release valve of like if Luca is struggling is a great asset for the Mavs to have, you know, because like if Luca's struggling, you can run the offense through KP, and KP again, he's coming off the injury, but we remember before the injury how talented he actually is, and again, like this is his first taste of playoff basketball. And there's two things I actually want to want to highlight. The Mavs have probably two elements that I feel like could work in their favor. Number one, they have a, a playoff-tested head coach in Rick Carlisle. Yeah, so definitely one of the best coaches. He's one of the best coaches in the league. He's been to a, won multiple playoff series. He's, made, he's won a championship. So I think he can get his guys ready to play. And number two, the Mavs have the element of surprise. Let's be real. Nobody had the Mavs even making it to the playoffs this soon into like their kind of their their restructuring or retooling of their roster. Like, nobody expected them to make it to the playoffs this year. Well, except me, of course. Cause well, I think a lot of people did have at least maybe a, a lower seed. But I think I think they've surpassed expectations. No, we can say that for sure. They definitely did. Uh, like, we thought they'd be, like, fighting for the eighth seed, and now they're in the seventh I mean, seed. technically, this kind of are. Well, I mean, that's kind of, that's it always ends up like that in the yeah. Western Conference. But either way, I mean, the Mavs, they could surprise some teams, and I think... If things break right for them, they could potentially make it to the conference. Also, one more thing. They do have one of the deepest teams in mm-hmm. the league. It's a deep team. But, again, the playoffs, the playoffs is when yeah. you really see what rotation players are made of. And that's that was the difference for, if we even go back to last finals, the difference. A guy like Fred Van Vliet, Norman Powell stepped up. Whereas on the Warriors, granted, the Warriors didn't really have anything off the bench. So, yeah. They still don't. Yeah, they'll be fine next year. Yeah, yeah. but um, moving on, the next team that we have is a dark horse conference final. Um, I think we mutually agreed on. This yeah, we we agreed on this one. Uh, is the Utah Jazz? So tell you, like, if we we're speaking, we do have this as a dark horse, con- um, you know, conference finals contender. I feel like even pointing to the beginning of the season, we thought they would be better than what they are. Which is why, like, we still have, like, this good expectation for him. For I think them. It's a lot of it just happened to be because of the whole Mike Conley situation, like, didn't work out as well as we all hoped it to. Yeah. And Definitely. Especially, like, us. We were a lot more high on that, 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 yeah. that, 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 that trade. A lot of people thought that would be a seamless trade because they do need, a, they needed a point guard plugging an a, a unselfish guy like Mike Conley into that lineup. Um, I mean, they're still ninth in offense, 11th in defense. So, Pretty good That's numbers. The, the defense for the for the for the Jazz have recently slipped, but again, we can't forget the fact that the Jazz still have all those defensive pieces to have like the best defense in the league. Like you have your Rudy Gobert, you have Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley on a good night can be a good defensive player. Joe Ingles is solid. Royce O'Neal is pretty good as well. The issue is the 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 my X factor is Rudy Gobert because listen, if we're being honest, besides pick and rolls or like just dunking. Offensively, he's a X fa- uh, he's a it's negative, negative yeah. which is why if we're talking about if they get matched up with Houston, Houston literally destroys Rudy Gobert every time. Well, because it's Westbrook versus Gobert. No, oh, that's what I'm saying though. Just... But like Houston, there's a reason why Houston beats the Utah every time. Utah does not want to see Houston. Also, um, if we're talking about defensively, Rudy Gobert has been played off the court like uh, quite a bit of times well, in the playoffs. To be f- well, in the playoffs. Well, I would like right in recent regular times, season just, doesn't bring recent matter. times he hasn't gave, he hasn't he's not giving a shit because he's like yo I'm the only guy playing defense. But yeah, no, you have you have a point where it's like sometimes he, you you just can't play him. You can't play him. He's not he's not 
quick. He's long, but he's not quick. And that's why, if you even remember, uh, which year was, I think, 2018 when Steph, like, turned him around oh, twice. Man. Do you remember that? Oh, man. That was just the epitome of just sometimes you unpay, unplayable in the playoffs. You can't move. Like, the thing about Gobert, like, if you get him out of the, if you get him out of the paint, like, you can beat him. And which is why Houston beats them. Because they have everyone out of the paint. There's nobody in the exactly. paint. So, but either way, I mean, the Jazz are a dark horse regardless. And actually, speaking before we even jump into the Jazz, something that I actually was thinking about and like I've heard actually speculations on, the Jazz are considering offering Rudy Gobert a Supermax. Would you I give that to Nope. No. I wouldn't do it. I'm in agreement. Listen, man. I wouldn't do first it. of all, this the value of um, centers is already down. Unless you're talking about a guy like Nicole Jokic or something. The value of centers that can't pass are not great passers and are not great defenders in space is already down enough. And then plus you have to... Did they already pay Donovan Mitchell? Um, I don't think they The point is they owe a lot of money already to yeah. people. They, you got you gave Bogdanovich that pretty decent sized contract. I, Mike Conley's contract um, is huge. Mike Conley has one of the biggest contracts. I think they extended Joe Ingles. They too. extended Joe Ingles, I think, what a year ago or whatever it was. Recently, they, uh, did. they just gave Royce, Royce O'Neal a new deal. Yeah. A new deal, which that deal was surprisingly I pretty mean, that cheap. Was super that was, cheap. I was I right? was like, what? Uh, yo, the agent Royce O'Neal's agent, bro. Yeah, I, I don't know what he was doing, but um, yeah, Rudy Gobert. I would not give this guy Supermax. And listen, I know he could walk. I know your team's defense would probably go down the drain. But if we're looking at... really go? Who's going to pay you more than the Jazz? Yeah. If we're looking at the upside of having a Supermax Rudy Gobert or having him off the team where you can still have enough cap space and creativity to build at least a more modern team is is you know that's the difference yeah i wouldn't cap um, myself like that but flipping it back over to the jazz the reason why there's still a dark horse in our eyes is that if that defense starts clicking in the playoffs and like you were mentioning about dallas defense is where you win playoff games or playoff series is mm-hmm. with your defense and the jazz if, if they turn it on are, are have arguably the best defense in the league and if if they can get all their rotation guys clicking, which has been probably the biggest um, problem this season. Like we're talking about, like, obviously, if you talk about a guy like Mike Conley who hasn't met expectations this season. And speaking of Mike Conley, too, uh, I do, I do, like, we never watched Memphis on a daily basis, so we could never gauge. Every time we did see him, though. He was good. Problem is, I do remember, and even like there has, I've seen it recently too. Memphis fans were saying before the this season that the injuries had really killed Mike Conley's effectiveness. But I love Memphis. I love Memphis. And in this last season, we did. I I will say we saw a little bit of a slip. I didn't think it would be this bad. Not this bad, yeah. But yeah, a lot of Memphis uh, fans were saying that like. People shouldn't be surprised at how ineffective he is. But now. one thing we got to also take into consideration is that Mike Conley is a playoff-tested player. He's been into so many playoff series, mm-hmm. so many dog fights with like the Spurs. Like this guy, push come the shove. If they start like you know trapping Donovan Mitchell or like getting the force in the ball out of him, I wouldn't be surprised. We can see good Mike Conley make a return. The problem is, like, Mike Conley, we're not going to question that he doesn't know how to play. He knows how to run a game. He knows how to do it. The problem is, 
again, as we said about Dallas too, those rotation players and the playoffs have to make a difference. Yeah. Which, even as a Raptors fan, we saw the difference last year and then years before where that didn't happen. You know, so yeah. it, it'll 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 be interesting to see how Utah yeah. shapes up. Things definitely need to break right for them, but again, they have a great chance if things break right. Another team that who we feel are, are dark horse conference finals contenders, which again at the beginning of the season, people would have argued these guys would have been like in the upper echelons, but now we're not. It was it was that middle stretch of of uncertainty. Yeah, where where we're, we're talking about the Houston Rockets. So currently they're the fourth seed. They're second offensively. Obviously their offense is great. Uh, the problem is they're fifteenth defensively, uh, which is. You know, middle of the pack, which is actually pretty decent. It's higher than I thought they'd be, yeah. actually. The problem is, uh, the, the problem is that, you know, before the season, we had pretty decent, pretty good expectations of them. They also had a different team. Also, a lot of, it was good expectations, but also a lot of questions, I guess we can say, um, with the whole Russell Westbrook, James Harden thing. Then in the middle of the season, they kind of slipped. And then that's where we saw where we're like, eh, I don't think Houston's going to do it. But recently now, they've been on a tear ever since they made that small ball move and trade away Clint Capella, playing PJ at the 5. And I got to admit, in certain matchups, super small ball actually works. No, it does. It like, does. And Robert Covington, I think, is the biggest Robert Covington. Well, that's what we said when the trade happened. We did say like, that he was bro, the best player Robert that Covington is a beast. You know what I'm saying? Like, this guy is a natural. Like, Take it in Philadelphia really and let, let this guy go. Yeah. Take that, man. Bro, Minnesota traded him for no reason, too. I don't understand why these guys want to trade him so bad. Well, Mi- Minnesota's just... I don't know anymore. Yeah, but, like, the issue is that small ball is effective in spurts, though. Especially in playoff. Which is why we saw Golden State never ran their death lineup for a full game. They ran them for spurts. And they would kill teams in that spurts. But if you run them for a whole game, it's exhausting. Especially a guy for, like, Draymond Green and P.J. Tucker. And that's that's our main question right now. Is yeah, it can win you games in the regular season when teams aren't you know focused on you. Um, but in the playoffs, especially over the brutality of a seven game series where refs swallow their whistles, there's there's a lot more physicality. Um, you know, we'll we'll see how it holds up in the playoffs. Yeah, and and the game slows down a lot. One thing about Houston is that they're the fastest team in the league. Um, with Russell Westbrook just running up and down the court. But in the playoffs, you know that the games are going to be a lot slower, um, which is when you need a guy like James Harden, which is where I want to transition to my next point. James Harden is, you know, perfect for that ISO game. The problem is James Harden has kind of slipped. And I would, we would all agree, I think Russell Westbrook's been the better player, at least for the last, like, two months. You can also make, I mean, I'm, this, I'm not making any excuses for James Harden, but I'm also saying that you could also argue he's kind of taking a step back to make sure that like he's ready for the playoffs. He is, but the thing is, and and I won't even blame it all on James Harden. I think it's the play style of Mike D'Antoni and, and then, like, then Daryl Morey. Um, there's a lot of times I see James Harden not making impact where he's just breaking shots left and right. And that's a lot of the time I'm not even going to blame that on him because that's where the, you know, Maury ball and D'Antoni ball comes in where threes and threes and layups only. And you know, in the playoffs, the teams, teams take that away, which is where you had a guy like Kawhi Leonard for us hit those mid range jumpers constantly. The problem is James Harden and the Russell and uh, Houston Rockets don't want to do that. Russell Westbrook is the only guy that does it with the Rockets. Well, he's James not going to shoot any mid range. He's going right to the rim. So well, no, he time. still does shoot his mid range. 
he he eliminated the three point shot, which oh, is God. which is why which is why we've seen the best Russell Westbrook ever. This is the best I've There's ever seen. There's actually like people arguing that Russell Westbrook might even be in contention for most improved. Okay, that's 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 a bit much. You know what's funny? Like it's he has a case, but it's not like it's not super as strong. Yeah, as but he was an MVP before, so you can't really say most. It's better than giving it to a second year guy, in my opinion. Yeah, but I think this year will be probably Brandon Ingram. It might, Brandon yeah, that's, Ingram. What, that's what I was basically saying. Like, there's guys who, like, who definitely deserve it over Westbrook. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like Russell Westbrook, I think this is the best I've ever seen him in his yeah, career. In, in recent sure. times, he's just, he looks like a different player. But I think, again, another thing about the Rockets is that they have the talent to make it through. I think that's no, there's no denying that. You yeah. Know, Westbrook, you have Harden, you have Eric Gordon, you know, you have Covington. Like, you have guys on this team who can, who can make a difference. A three and D guy like Daniel House, Daniel know, House, PJ Tucker, all PJ Tucker. Yeah. Um, yeah, like that. That's the that's question the, is: Will the super small ball like work against a team like the Lakers, who right now, if the Rockets even do make it past the first round, are going to be on a collision course with the Los Angeles Lakers, who have oh, like are they one of the biggest teams in the league? I think they are the biggest. They team. are the biggest team in the league. So, well, no, Milwaukee is probably the biggest team. They're one of them, I guess. Because and then again, Philly, and then probably yeah, then LA. They're one of the top, like biggest teams in the league. So obviously, like when you have to play a team like that, will your super small ball actually work? Especially it worked once. once. Especially they did beat the Lakers. I will say that, but obviously regular season is different. And also, um, the Lakers have utilized Anthony Davis on the block a lot more than he was with the New Orleans Pelicans, which is why we see Anthony Davis posting up a lot more. Um, the one thing that Houston does, which really helps out their defense, is that they swarm a lot. If you watch, I watched the Boston game, and their defense, when they're active, it's really impressive because they cover a lot of ground, they swarm, they trap, they do all of that, which is why they can, they're capable of having those great defensive moments because although they don't have a big guy, they, they have a lot of those wing quick guys that can play defense on the perimeter and can really trap, steal the ball. So, again, it's more of like a wait and see kind of thing. And but Houston definitely they have a shot to make it to the conference finals if this can work and if they can super small ball to work, that might change the league. Man. Yeah, it definitely will. I really don't want small ball to happen. Like, I, as, I just like as I just, basketball like purist for me. Like I don't like it. Man. Funny thing is, I just like I like the like I just like the name super small ball because I just think it's funny. But yeah, no, I'm with you. I I. It, yeah, it's not going to be a great trend. Moving on to the final Western Conference team, who we feel is going to be a dark horse for the Conference Finals, are the Denver Nuggets. Now, believe it or not, nobody really expects the Denver Nuggets to make it to the Conference. I think finals. it's just a thing of the two LA teams. I think are just so much higher expectations than the rest of the teams. But the Denver Nuggets, if we're talking about them, they are currently the third seed. We have we have said that you know they have a chance. You know they're they're a really good team. We we, we do say that they have a chance. This is also it's just the best the expectation. Jamal Murray. Yeah, Jamal Murray's been amazing. Um, it's just the fact that I think if we're looking at the Western Conference, it's a lot of a, it's more of a two team race for most people, which is the two LA teams, um, and then everyone kind of gets moved. Which I wouldn't even like. I wouldn't. I'm not. I'm not going to go as far as saying that because I think. Both LA teams are gonna have to go through dog fights yeah. to 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 make it to the conference finals. So, like, if one of them run into a Denver team, they could potentially get upset because this Denver team, they're now like what this is like what their third consistent year making it to the playoffs, uh, fifth year under Mike Malone. And not second year, I think, right? No, the fifth year under Mike. No, Malone. second oh, year, second year playoffs? playoffs. 
Because they didn't make it. Uh, remember that Minnesota-Denver oh, game? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't make it. Okay, yeah, so the second year making it to the playoffs, yeah. especially in, the, in at the third seed. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing about Denver... Last year, they were a second seed. So this year, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because the Clippers are now yeah. better. But it's still one of those situations where the, the Nuggets t- have all the tools they need to win. It's just it, the question for most people is, and rightfully so, is that... They're a little young right now. Uh, it's, yeah. It's the experience factor. The experience factor, yeah. Uh, and again, like, uh, you know. And there's question about, is Nicole Jokic that guy? Yeah, is he, a, is he a playoff type especially, of player? Especially if we're talking about, you know, defensive side of the ball. Because offensively, yeah, he's amazing. But defense is where the real issue is with Nicole Jokic. He's never going to be able to escape that question because he's never going to be a great defender. Yeah. So that that's the problem with I think what Denver has. Yeah. Um, but again, like I I give them a, a like a chance against any of these LA teams, and I think they can actually make they can like they, again another thing we should bring up. They can realistically make it to again, their uh, conference finals. Yeah. They have a lot of depth. And we're also talking about uh, the seeding. If Denver manages to overtake the Clippers for that second seed. I think then yeah they they probably can make the conference finals. Well no they're in the they're in the bracket with the Clippers but then again if you look at their potential Oh yeah matchups, but then they would they would face the Clippers in the second round. But there. either yeah. way it's either you play the Clippers or the Lakers and I think they can match up better with mm-hmm. the Clippers. So yeah. it's 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 kind of interesting because Denver's in kind of a, a weird spot but they very realistically could make it. They could yeah finals. again they're, they're not, you you don't just be the third best team in the west without you know having realistic like yeah. If these two LA teams weren't so much better, we would actually put Denver in the, in the upper echelon. Again, though, another issue that we've always talked about with Denver is the home versus away oh, boy. difference. Yeah. You know, so that that's always been the issue with Denver. That home, they're always amazing because they have such an advantage of you know the mile. That's where getting the two seed would be would be beneficial for them because mm-hmm. then they get home court over over the Clippers. But either way, in the first round, they're guaranteed home court against Oklahoma City. Oh, speaking of the Clippers too, uh, I just wanted to touch upon the fact that. If it's the two LA teams, it's gonna be home court either way. I know, right? And it's gonna be home court Lakers. It's not gonna be home, home court Clippers. So that's the thing. bro. The Lakers are the real winners because they get of of the whole seeding thing. The Lakers are the real winners because they get home court advantage either way. That they're the real winners of the seeding. Yeah, honestly, I. I don't even think the Clippers really care about that. To be perfectly honest with you, yeah, but because they know they're they're in, they're in the, the Lakers building, like they're they're it's it's a Laker town. Yeah, so which is why they're trying to get out of like they're trying to move yeah. to like Inglewood and stuff, yeah. which won't matter because all of all of that whole uh, area is all Lakers. You know, like the Clippers will never. Uh, they're never gonna be. Hey man, it's the first step. If they can get the new arena, it's the first step. Yeah, but uh, let's be real. Clippers are never gonna be able to. No, they're never gonna the be uh, the brand the Lakers are. Yeah. the Lakers are just the Lakers. Yeah, but, exactly. You know. Um. Yeah, but we're gonna move on to Eastern Conference. Um. To dark horse contenders. Uh. Dark horse fi- conference finals contenders. Similar to the Western Conference, to um the Eastern Conference, I think one through six can get uh to the conference finals. I said um, it like a few episodes ago. Like this is a six-team race. It's yeah. legitimately a six-team race. And if, if if Brooklyn was healthy, I think it would be a seven-team. It would have been a seven-team. Like it's honestly, there was just there just it's so much competition in the Eastern Conference. Now, obviously, there are teams that have better better chances because of the fact that they're just seated better. As in, like obviously, Milwaukee is the Milwaukee heavy heavy favorite to get to the finals. Uh, rightfully so. But if we're talking about like the competitiveness, competitiveness, um. 
and again we're talking about parity you know the 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 competition between all the teams it's it, it really is a one uh, a six team race especially some of these like potential east first round matchups mm-hmm. these it's going to be, be nice. it's going to be like it's going to be a great playoffs for the east um so we're going to talk about the first team we're going to have is uh the Miami Heat so they're currently in the fourth so, fourth the spot Heat fans right get now mad at us for saying that oh you know we're we're contenders and stuff like no man you guys haven't proved anything yet yeah that's they're currently the fourth seed right now um they're sixth in offense 14th in defense again they haven't proved anything yet um they actually with this slipped. team with this team they have and they slipped. have slipped uh they've slipped to more of where we thought they would be in the beginning of the of the season yeah um but yeah they haven't really proved anything with this iteration of the team yet um and then also the fact is that Milwaukee is the heavy favorite and then we talk about if we want to talk about um the Toronto Raptors not even you know biasly uh they are the defending champions they do have uh they do have um, the best shot of the and they are the second bro they have the third best uh record in the NBA and they've been injured the whole year they haven't had like a full rotation for what like maybe more than like what six games or whatever it was since December they haven't had their full no but not even before since pretty much the beginning of the season they haven't had a full rotation for being honest um so you have that and then you have a lot of team uh, a lot of people are super high on Boston Celtics for whatever reason i won't i won't dispute it but i'm not going to say they're correct on that but in mo- most people mi- most people's minds you have the Boston Celtics and then from there everyone is pretty much a step down so technically Miami for us is kind of a dark horse they, yeah, um, they're, they're definitely a dark horse. But let me end that Boston and Boston dispute right now. It's like so. The, everyone's media has been like all all over. Like you know, the Boston Celtics are the number one threat to the Bucks in the East. That is not true. It's the Toronto Raptors uh, because of the, two major reasons: experience. The Raptors have at least four guys who are you know veterans in the league, won mul- won multiple playoff series, and obviously won a championship. Where who on the Celtics? Are the most is their most experienced guy. Uh, are we talking about Campbell Walker? But he barely been to the playoffs. Well, we I, I would Cantor. say Jason Tatum. Well, like years wise, Ennis Cantor. Yeah, but is in terms wise? of playoffs, but in terms of playoffs, it's actually Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And what is what does Jason Tatum really want? He's only been in the league for like three years. So again, experience is a factor. And then number two, we've seen the Raptors compete with the Bucks. With they're not healthy, they're still. The, the, the two seed. And the fact is that besides the fourth quarter, the Raptors were going punch for punch with the Bucks. No, the third quarter. The third quarter is what it was. Yeah. The fourth sorry. quarter, we were fine. It was so, just yeah, three out quarter. of the fourth quarter. Third we quarter. Were, and, yeah, we're talking about bro, half or, like, we didn't have and a we solid. Full team. Yeah, exactly. So, and plus, everyone's just breaking shots. Yeah. Which, like, if they even made, like, the regular shots, uh, like, that could have been easily a different outcome to the game. But yeah, Miami Heat, going back to Miami Heat. Um, yeah, I had to break off on that. Too. Yeah. Uh, going back to Miami Heat. Um, they, we are saying, like, again, the title of this is uh, it's a dark horse uh, conference finals contender. We're saying, which means that they do still have a chance to make it. Like, we're not saying that they don't oh, yeah, have a chance. Absolutely. Like, and I think one thing that the Miami Heat have going for them, because again, right now they're currently slated fourth, so they're going to be in the box bracket. Mm-hmm. They have the bodies to slow down they the do. Giannis. Wait, um, thing going back, I think what was it two days ago? Milwaukee faced Miami. They they won. Miami won. Miami won big, and so, it was 
Miami limited to the Bucks to the worst game of the season. I think they limited on like 89 points. 89 points. Giannis had, I think, 13. Chris Milton had 12, if I'm not mistaken. And, and they pretty much employed the same thing as, like, you know, the Raptors did with a little bit more trapping and so on. Yeah, the Miami like they Heat won do. 105 to 89. Yeah. So, if we're talking, like, the Miami Heat have a serious, like, if they can figure it out, they have the people to really make a run. I mean, they got um, dogs on that yeah, team, man. Exactly. Like, that's, that's, that's legitimately a hungry team. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I hate doing is wasting my time grocery shopping. And I know you guys as sports fans can relate. Having to balance your busy schedules while trying to watch your favorite sports teams and not missing a single minute of the action. Well, if you want to know how we do it, it's actually pretty simple. We use a service called Instacart. Instacart is a service that lets you order all your groceries from some of your favorite stores online and the best thing is that they deliver it right to your doorstep in as fast as an hour. Now, before the game starts, you can order the freshest produce and groceries from wherever you are, made easier by highlighted deals to help you save money. And as a financially strapped student, I personally love it when services like Instacart give me great discounts that help me save money. So. Go to the link below to get your account now with free delivery on your first order over $35. Let us help you and make your life easier today. It's a great way to help support the show. So once again, check out the link below and let Instacart know that we sent you. But either way, um, the Miami Heat definitely have a shot in the Eastern Conference. They can definitely make it to the make it to the conference finals if things break right for them. But again, they need to prove themselves. Yeah. So far, we haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to another team in the Eastern Conference who we feel can potentially make it to the, to the conference finals are the Indiana Pacers. Listen, I'm I'm not. I, it's not our most confident pick. It's not. If I had to bet my life on it, I would not say that Indiana Pacers. They they are I think the least um, you know expected team of this whole sixteen race to make the conference finals. Um, yeah. Would Would you say that they are? If we're being honest, would you say that they're the worst team out of these six teams? I would say yes, they are the worst team. That's not a knock on them, but it's just, it is what it is, you know. I would say the other teams are... I mean, better. right now, if we're talking about, like, way of playing, I would definitely put the Sixers under them, because the Sixers are just playing, like... I think I think if we're being honest, but, though, yeah, in, the playoffs, in the playoffs, though, yeah. especially, I think the one thing that does go underage for the Sixers is that they are... In terms of what they are, where they're the big bodies, you know, they're a slower team and all that with Joel Embiid, Al Horford. It's kind of it's kind of good for the playoffs because the playoffs is when it gets really sluggish and all that. And having those big bodies in Philadelphia can really make a difference, which is why they're usually pretty successful in the playoffs, if we're being honest. Wow. Um, Except Kawhi. Yeah, but again, they, that they, was, they took it to seven, so... That, that was the last shot. So, and if we're being honest as a Raptors fan, if that got to overtime, we I don't think we, we don't we wouldn't, we wouldn't have won. won. I don't think we would have won. Uh, yeah, like Indiana. That's not a knock on Indiana either. Like no, we're saying, there's a you know they're a very good team. They're a very well coached team. They're a very talented team. Uh, the main the main thing for me is that I think it's just too soon for Victor Oladipo. Is well, that what is what it is? It's not. It's a good thing you brought up Victor Oladipo because he's kind of like the main reason we haven't seen the full potential of this Pacers team because he hasn't been 100%. So the Pacers in general have never, hasn't, haven't been 100%. And that's my thing. Uh, right now, Victor Oladipo just came back. So there's not really much you can expect from him. 
if we're being honest. You know, like next year, I think it would be a better iteration of what the Pacers want to be. But right now, in terms of Victor Oladipo, he just came back. You know, I don't, I don't have any expectations for him to be the all-star caliber player he was, what, two seasons ago. Yeah, but there's two things that I will give the, the Pacers some credit for. Number one, they're very defensively disciplined. Like, mm-hmm. they are a very disciplined team. Nate McMillan has done a great job just coaching these guys up. And, uh, you know, they, they will, they'll, they'll, they'll do their best on defense. And I think when you're playing, like, a Miami Heat team who hasn't proven themselves or even playing a potential box team, having that defense will help them. And then number two is they play really hard. Like, that's something yeah. that Miami's had that quality for years, is that this team just plays so hard that you can actually win games just based off of effort. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's why we have them on this list. Um, but, you know, it's it's a dark horse pick for a reason. Yeah, obviously. Uh, like, as it's slated right now, though, Miami or Indiana would knock each other out. So, yeah. it, it really wouldn't. They wouldn't, Both teams wouldn't get there wouldn't be able to get to that spot. Yeah, but I think what we're really trying to say is that the middle of the Eastern Conference, they have a shot. Like the six And the Western Conference, yeah. They they all have, again, as as we said in the beginning, one through six for, to be honest, both, both conferences yeah. are, are pretty good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, and those, so those are our dark horse picks to make it to the conference finals. Let us know if you guys agree or disagree. Uh, let us know in on social media, wherever the hell you want to let us know on. Uh, moving on to the up and under segment, which is an eventful. Yeah, so we're gonna start off with the most recent situation. So um, Spike Lee pretty much went on first take where he ranted about the Knicks. Um, so if if you guys want to recap, so what happened was he had been using the same um, employee uh, entrance, entrance yeah. for the past twenty eight years, um, and then randomly yesterday they just security randomly just told him, and it was pretty much he said it was like an order from the top, pretty much. Uh, they randomly pretty much just told him that he has to move from, he can't use that entrance. He's got to move somewhere else. The problem with that is that if, if you've been to a game, so once you scan the ticket, you can't rescan it afterwards. Um, and that you can't go outside. And then plus, I think the garden's on like the fifth floor or something. You, you go there for his entrance. So his problem was that they never told him, um, before. And then they want him to go back outside and stuff. And he was like, bro, I'm not going to go outside because you guys aren't going to let me back in again. And he was, he was, he had an issue with the, the fact that he'd been using the, the same thing for the past 28 years, but then now randomly they don't want to tell him beforehand and then they want to page him about it, um, after that. Uh, and then afterwards, pretty much, um, the Knicks, you know, went on, yeah, the Knicks went on the defensive as they always do and like pretty much they called him like, I forget what they said. They were like, oh, it's laughable how he tries to portray himself as a victim and stuff. Um, and then Spike Lee came back and said the Knicks are the laughing stock of the league um, and that he's not going to go to another game this season. And then Charles Oakley chimed in and pretty much said uh, he called the Knicks a plantation, which for me, it, it, that's a bit much. But like, I understand where he's coming from. But yeah, he called them a plantation pretty much. Uh, are you up or under on the situation pretty much? I mean, I'm under on it from the New York Knicks, and this is just a terrible look. Especially because, remember, hey, excuse one thing, Leon Rose just took over. Exactly. Like, that was the first game Leon Rose took over. And they won against Houston. And they beat Houston. So, instead of your headline, yeah, exactly. Instead of your headlines being a positive thing for once, you know, you have a new president, it's a new era, you start out with a terrific win against a great team, instead everyone, all the headlines are on negative. You know, it's just a classic 
mixed thing mixed to do. Like, it's, uh, just it's, a it's just yeah. And then, like, listen, you can say whatever you want about, you know, was Spike Lee right in this situation to start going off on security, blah, blah. Was he right? Was he wrong? The fact is that the Knicks pretty much came back and did what they always do and pretty much, um, like, just went off on one of the most loyal people to that franchise. But let's be real. They did the same thing with Charles Oakley. Like, you're talking about Knicks legend. Like, Charles Oakley is a Knicks legend. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you... Like, you, how did he leave MSG? In handcuffs. In handcuffs. And then afterwards, James Dolan called him like he was, like, drunk or something. Like, they called it, they, they had the audacity to say Again, that he was, like, and drunk. This and all it goes back to James Dolan and his way of running the team. Like, I remember kicking out fans for saying sell, fans selling, selling the team. Sell the team. Uh, Spike Lee is... He's been there for 20 years. He's been there for 20 years. He's... And the they most, haven't been pretty years. He's they the haven't most been recognizable nice. figure the Knicks have. And they haven't been nicer. Well, haven't. Let's let's get that out of the way. Uh, he, he said well, he spends I think about ten million yeah. he spent on Knicks tickets, mm-hmm. which is insane. To and watch that garbage to product. Watch that, to watch that team. No disrespect to the players, but like it's been a garbage product. You know, if we're being honest, I mean that's commitment, um, yo. Yeah, and that and the fact that like you have such a bad, um, you know, relationship with a guy like that. Whereas if you want to like Toronto, you're talking about a guy who rewarded Navbatio with a uh, 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 a championship ring. They helped him get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, imagine um, King Navbatio. <laughs> yeah, and then instead, on the other hand, you well, have Logan Brandon would reach. <laughs> And then you have you have a uh, you have a guy you have the Knicks doing what they do to you know past players like Oak or you know super fans like Spike Lee. It's a whole it's a whole mess up situation where you know it's it's not even about just this situation. It's about the whole. It's it's a trend as a whole. You know you, we've been seeing this consistently through the years, um, and, and it's a problem that. You know, whatever you want to say about who's the executive, who's management, who's the players, who's coach, it all, it, it all starts at the top. James Dolan. Yeah, exactly. The problem. And here's the thing. This would have all blown over had, like, this just stayed within, like, MSG walls. Like, if just... if Why did this have to come out in the media? Like, why did the Knicks have to feel the need... Well, I mean, I will say Spike Lee's the one who brought it out to the media. No, no, but like, here's the thing. Spike on Lee on first take was like, look, I wouldn't have even come and talked about this. Because he was already scheduled for first take. Yeah, but... So, he's like, I wouldn't have talked about this if they didn't put out that press release. So mm-hmm. it's like, and the Knicks didn't need to do that. They could have said, hey, we we enjoy... we Even if it, if it wasn't true. They could have just... They could have um, de-escalated the situation while he was there, uh, you know, compromised they could have found a way to you know compromise um while he was there they could have just kept it all indoors but instead you know this gets into the media on such a good day for them where they it's a new era for the team uh it's more of the same pretty much yeah it's just classic Knicks. it's just what a terrible situation Mm -hmm. but yeah hello under are you up or under on the pistons claiming jordan mccray off the waivers from denver uh anthony tolliver Signing a deal with Memphis or Dion Waiters actually impressing the Lakers in his workout. I mean, I'm up on all this. They're they're all like good rotation players. Starting with the Pistons, um, Jordan McCurry wasn't playing in Denver. Uh, he's a he's a nice okay player off the bench. He wasn't playing much in Denver. Um, the Pistons picked him up. 
granted, we have no idea what Pistons are doing, so it's just, uh, I don't know. It's a nice player for them to add to team more scoring. Uh, Anthony Tolliver to Memphis is an interesting one. Um, he was on, uh, where was he, Sacramento? I think on Portland to start the year, and then he was traded to Sacramento mm-hmm. for whatever reason, you know? Yeah, and then now he's on now Memphis. He's on Memphis. Um, he did hit a few uh, threes last game, too, in his first game. Um, I I like that move by Denver. I mean by uh, Memphis. It gives them you know another floor spacer on the team, a guy that lets uh, John Morant you know do his thing, um, dive into the lane. Oh, they also wave Jordan Bell to make this happen, which yeah, who cares? But, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if we're being honest, with Jordan yeah. Bell, Jordan Bell has shown nothing in his NBA career. But the biggest news is probably Dion Waiters. Yeah, so Dion Waiters, um, apparently like with the way they reported it too, like. The Lakers refs were really impressed with him, which means I, th- we could maybe be seeing Dion Waiters in a in a Lakers uniform. Fire up the memes, man. Yeah, but yeah, like Dion Waiters. Um, the issue is, will he be able to take not playing pretty much? Because he's not gonna play that many minutes. If we're being honest, I don't think you can play him over Danny Green. Um, I don't think you can play him over KCP. Uh, Alex Crusoe does deserve a lot of minutes too. And then Rondo's going to get his minutes, whether he deserves it or not, because I would argue he hasn't been that good for them, but he'll get his minutes either like, way. Dion Waiters is, is at the stage of his career where he's just going to be brought in as to be like a spark plug. Like, if you need, like, baskets, especially in the playoffs, you know, everyone else isn't doing anything off the bench, throw on a Dion Waiters. See he'll be the end of the guy, end of the bench, of the bench player. Guy? Uh, that you know, if you need, if you just need something spontaneous, throw him in there. Um, so I mean, I'm up for him because, like, I was, I was thinking, I don't know, I, I felt like after Miami released him, I was like, yo, I don't know if this guy's gonna play in the NBA anymore. But the fact that you know he's kept, um, you know, in shape and all that, and being impressive enough to make the Lakers reps, you know, excited for him. Um, it shows that he's he's at least on a good track right now. But the Lakers are also reportedly also working on J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith, yeah. So who's going to really get that roster spot? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, both guys, uh, J.R. Smith, too, has been in amazing shape, too. I honestly am a, I'm a, among the people that believe J.R. Smith. Like, I, I don't agree with J.R. Smith saying like, he's like better than like 95%. He said 85, I think. 85. Yeah, 85%. I'm like, no, okay, you're not better than 85% of the league. You're more so. You're better than at least sixty percent of the league. Like you, you deserve an NBA contract. I think at this stage of his career, I don't know about that. I would definitely give him JR. Like I think he's still serviceable. No, he's he's still serviceable. Even um, to be honest, I don't know how Jamal Crawford hasn't gotten to a team yet. But even an end of the bench guy too. Like bro, you don't have to pay. I don't think Jamal Crawford would be mad if you don't play him. He's almost forty years old. You know, like you're not gonna play him. But like but the he's fact coming to get buckets. Yeah, the fact that. Jamal Crawford isn't on the team either. No way, the big three's got a contract for you. I mean, they, yeah, they they do. They already got the people. Wait, there's no, there's no. I don't. I think yeah, they took off the minimum age limit for big three. Because yeah, before it used to be, I think like four years or something, yeah, something they, like that. But yeah, then they took they it off. Zeebo, though, yeah, they they took it off because it was just too many old players and they're all getting injured every five minutes. Oh, man, so that's, yeah. that's why. If you remember the first big three game, bro, every they had to like. I think. Didn't they have to, like, cancel it or something because everyone got injured? Oh, my God. This is bro. What did you expect with a bunch of old guys freaking running but around hey, a court, bro? Hey, man. Ice Cube, that, that, that was, that's a winner, man. Big yeah. three is a winner. 
But uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, next up, are you up or under on Tim Duncan getting his first uh, win as head coach? They beat the Charlotte Hornets. Obviously, I'm up on it. But this technically doesn't count as a win on Tim Duncan's record. It's a Greg Popovich record. Oh, well, no. No, because according to the NBA like rules is that because it's Popovich because that's a personal day, it's kind of how the Luke Walton, Steve Kerr thing happened. When Luke Walton took over for Steve Kerr, technically those wins all belong to Steve Kerr. No, but didn't Luke Walton get credit for it though? Well, public credit is different. Media credit is completely different. Okay, well, I mean, what's going to be on your your okay, sure. official record? So yeah, sure. Technically, this doesn't count as anything. But, but I mean, Duncan let's let okay. Well, Tim Duncan was listed as head coach, pretty much. But I will say this is that Popovich is really booming Duncan to be the next coach with the Spurs. Like it's it's apparent now. I know people are going to get mad that oh Becky Hammond should get her chance, and I think she will well, get the opportunity. Um, Tim Duncan did say it was more of a... And the assistant coaches for Spurs, it's more of a committee. Like, yeah. Tim Duncan was listed as head coach. It was more of... Those um, three. Yeah, those like three, pretty Becky much. Hammond, Tim Duncan, and... I, was I forget the third guy. I forget the third guy's name, too. I always forget the third guy. Mitch something. Mitch, yeah, Mitch yeah. something. I forget. It used to be James Borrego, and it used to yeah, be... Uh, so. What was the other name? Oh, man. What was, there was that one guy who want, wanted to be a head coach everywhere. Damn, I actually... Oh, uh, Etor Messina. Etor Messina, yeah. He's in uh, Europe now, I think, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, so, like, either way, you know, good job, Tim Duncan. Yeah, Tim Duncan. Good job. Moving on, are you up or under on Kelly Oubre tearing his meniscus? Again, we will not reiterate, we're not saying we're up or under on the injury because obviously nobody wants to see an injury. We're saying it more of, you know, their situations and the team. Yeah. Um, and in that aspect, yeah, I'm under on it. Because obviously for him, it's, it's a bad injury. He was having the best season of his career. Uh, but especially for, for, for Phoenix, um, I think we really saw against the Raptors the other night too. They're, they're missing that, uh, third guy for them, which was Kelly Oubre. Um, obviously we have Book and, uh, DeAndre Ayton. Um, but Kelly Oubre wow. had r- really become that third guy for I just them. pulled up Kelly Oubre's stats. I mean, he's averaging almost 19 a game. Yeah, he was, six rebounds. He was having a great season. Like it's, it, he's having um, a legitimately good season. It was, it was, it's been his best season of his career. Um, and it's a shame that it came to an end. Yeah. Now, a meniscus tear isn't as bad as an ACL tear, or obviously, you know, the worst one is like Kelly's. But you want to rehab that. But yeah, you want to re. And so he's out for the season, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not the Suns will make it to the playoffs, anyways. Yeah, but, but I mean, he, he's. They said he'll re- be reevaluated in a month, which is pretty much the end of season already. Um, well, like what, two weeks before the end of the season? Yeah. So he, he was going to be out for the season either way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like obviously it's a, it's a bad situation for, for both sides, Kelly Oubre and, and the Phoenix Suns. Um, yeah. So next up, are you up or under on recently, uh, Jeannie Buss and a, I think, um, what do they call it? Fan, fan, um, fan reports, fan, fan lunches, whatever it's called, where, where they talk to like fans and stuff. Uh, she recently said that um, when bringing up the 2013 season, she talked about uh, how Mike D'Antoni, they hired the wrong guy in Mike D'Antoni because Mike D'Antoni didn't respect Dwight Howard's game and didn't put him in a position to succeed. Are you up or under on that? There's two ways I can look at this. So I'm up on the sense that, yeah, Mike D'Antoni probably didn't believe in Dwight Howard because... He's just not the typical type of player that fits in the Mike D'Antoni system. Well, Mike D'Antoni doesn't like centers. He doesn't like centers. No, like he's <laughs> like, he's his center is Russell Westbrook right now. Or actually, no, Robert Covington is the center. 
Oh, it's PG Tucker, technically. But. Oh, what? even shorter. We just got yeah. shorter. Uh, but yeah, no, Mike D'Antoni never liked Sanders. But I'm under on the sense that for the Lakers, like, Jeannie Buss, what are you doing? Like, I mean, to be honest with you. I know what happened in the past, but you're basically just admitting to the fact that, oh, yeah, we hired the wrong guy all those years ago. Yeah, like, but that was Kobe and No, Dwight. but that's also, that was when, if you remember, um, Jim Buss was the, 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 Pretty much the executive at that time. I don't if you remember, see it as a good look for the Lakers. Though. No, but that's why Jeannie Buss pretty much kicked out her brother. She she legit just kicked him off the team. I mean, he did say, what do you say? If in five years we're not competitive, then I'm going to quit the team. And then in five years, they were garbage still. And she was like, yeah, get out of here. And then she kicked him off. As being better under Jeannie Buss, I will say that. Um, well, is but, it Jeannie or is it Linda Rambis? Is it, yeah, we, we don't yeah, know we who's don't running know. the Lakers. Um, still don't But know. yeah, I will... It's I will also say <laughs> legium, as Chris Smooth says. Um, but yeah, I will say that Mike D'Antoni obviously didn't respect Dwight Howard's no, game because he didn't. He doesn't not like Sanders. Uh, also, if you remember that season, well, the main thing for that season was injuries. Um, and Dwight Howard got a really bad rap for it, even though he wasn't even supposed to play that year. He just he he played that year because he wanted to win that bet. And so I don't think that, I I always have a problem with fans killing Dwight Howard for that season um, in LA he because injured. he was he was compl- he was not supposed to play and he still played and that Loki if we're being honest that took that took his career that took a few years off his career um, if we're being honest um, and then also if you remember Kobe didn't really like Mike D'Antoni uh, when he was coaching there either. Like Kobe Kobe liked D'Antoni before because he had, you know the relationship with his father in Italy. Uh, but once he got there, Kobe, if you remember, Kobe had a lot of problems with Mike D'Antoni's system too. Um, I think that was, he wasn't the coach for them. Like his system does not, not blend in for what Kobe and Nash, well, no, Nash was fine. What Kobe and, uh, Dwight Howard were. Um, so. It was still weird for me seeing Nash in a, in a, in a Lakers jersey. Yeah. That's always going to be a weird with, with the, with the short hair too. Oh man. Yeah, it was so weird. Man. Although I, he, the short hair looks, looks good on him, but like. Yeah, it's the jury really didn't work, but yeah, no, I definitely think. Yeah, so, should, I'm definitely up on that. Mm-hmm. So, are you up or under on the fact that now Zion Williamson, Alvin Gentry said that Zion Williamson, Zion Williamson will now play in back to backs, and also the fact that he also leads the league in like fan memorabilia and stuff too. I'm hella up on that. I this this means that Zion's health is improving, and he's showcasing that his body can take. You know, at least a little bit more of, of a, a more intensity towards the NBA season. And again, we've brought it up the last few episodes. It's just that how impressive Zion Williamson has been. Um, like this, like again, like he's only a rookie, and he, he he's just so like this guy's ceiling is so high. But he's just bro. He's been putting up twenty and thirty a night. He leaps him down like shattering expectations, and he's just. He legitimately, like, I think people are really now starting to realize what people were saying when he can legitimately be the next LeBron. And I think LeBron himself has acknowledged that this guy. Well, he's more, of a, he's more of a, he's more of a athletic Charles Barkley. But we're well, talking so. about more in the sense of being at the face of the league. Yeah. Zion has it. Mm-hmm. In the, like, everyone thought, oh, Ben Simmons is going to be that, like, the, LeBron is the pass towards Ben Simmons. It's well, he's more of it's more of the same type of player rather than what they are yeah. as a representative of the league. Yeah, and I think uh, Sky the limit to Zion, man, and now we're playing back to back. So, man, this guy is uh, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, next level. He's crazy, man. He's crazy, man. Moving on. Are you up or under on Draymond Green getting his own shoe deal with, wait for it, Converse, whom which they already have Kelly Oubre as as an athlete? Listen, man. I'm up on it because of the fact that, like, yeah, you can say old Converse, blah, blah, blah. But I like the fact that it's it's a lot more of a parody league now in terms of footwear and like there's uh, a lot of shoe brands yeah there's a lot of new balance like clothing, got back into the game new puma ba- yeah uh, uh, and, and one exactly i now like converse if you're talking about and and i don't and then obviously the chinese brands too yeah and uh um uh way yeah lining leaning whatever it's called um i i like the fact that there's a lot of variety now yeah uh, which is why if we, nike doesn't like it because nike's been nike still owns um, you know the market they still kill the market share but they've been dropping a lot uh, because of primarily guys like James Harden Damian Lillard um, they're making names with them yeah, all, all, all their I like in general I just like the fact that there's parity in the league um, in regards to you know shoes and apparel um, and also the fact that like I don't you know people are like always like laugh about like random like they're always like oh ha 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 and one oh ha 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 converse you know but trends are what they are they come and go so if you were there when and one was actually a thing and one was now it's like a laughing stock but and one was the thing back in the early 2000s you know and believe it or not and one like if my thing is that i don't care what your brand is yeah if you can come up with a good product and that's what's and being the killer for all of these companies the that they, companies. they couldn't, they couldn't, they didn't know how to market themselves properly. They didn't know how to run their operations properly. And now I think we're seeing more of a focus and more of a, they, a lot of these companies are, are gearing up are, and are approaching the business the right way, which yeah, is why we see, definitely. uh, you know, all these companies doing a lot better now, uh, Look at like Clay Thompson's with Anta and all that. Like all these companies are legitimate. Dwayne Under Armour, Under Armour, Under Armour too, man. We've completely Under Armour, yeah. Under Armour was they were outselling in terms of Steph Curry was outselling the whole market at one point. Yeah, for for a period of time. It wasn't even that Steph Curry was at the time like he's still not even like the the best athlete. But the the thing is like he first of all his shoes were really good, and second of all. They, they marketed, marketed him. yeah. They like marketed they, him. They, marketed they him knew really how well. to do it, um, so. and also the fact that it showed a arrogance for if we're talking about Nike, because if you remember what what the the presentation Nike gave to Steph Curry, they had like they recycled Kevin Durant's presentation, and then they forgot to take off Kevin Durant's name, oh my God. and then uh, Del Curry was like, "Bro, what is this, man? We're not, we're obviously not gonna sign with Nike." And then Under Armour came up and scooped uh, Steph Curry, and then. Now look at what they are now. Yeah. You know, so now they're a big brand. So yeah. So no, I, overall, I like the parody though. Yeah, like, definitely. Is definitely a great thing. Um, and finally, are you upper under on the NBA? Uh, they've come up with uh, come out with a lot of like new advice in terms of the whole coronavirus situation. So I think what they said was try not to sign any more autographs. Uh, try pump, not, not yeah, five. fist pump, not high five. Try not to interact with fans as much. Um, Stuff like that. They also gave a list of procedures that if a player actually got it, they would have to be quarantined and sidelined for uh, two, two, what was it? It's 14 days, right? Two weeks. Yeah. Um, all of that. So are you up or under on it? Oh, yeah, I'm up on it. I, I mean, I know you cannot make any, like, we were even talking about how, like, people are overblowing this, but 
you got to take precautions and mm-hmm. you know even especially with the um, for like sports exactly um, like when you just sort around like 20,000 people yeah. it's which is why um, we've seen that even the NCAA wants to um they're possibly thinking of playing the uh NCAA tournament um with no fans uh, we're seeing in in Europe, Italy's playing all their soccer matches. It's it's a legal thing now that they're playing all their soccer matches without fans. Um, they don't have any fans in any of the arenas, uh, so it's a real possibility now that they they could start playing like closed door games. You know, just televised game with but there's no fans in the arena. Yeah. So I, it's it's a real possibility. And then even last week we were talking about how the Olympics may be canceled because of that. This disease is honestly just becoming a global epidemic and it's at the point where hopefully it just it doesn't get worse it doesn't get like it's it's not it's it's not bad as in like it's not as it's not as bad as we like if you remember like ebola and stuff like the the effects of it it's not that it's not that bad in terms of the effects it's the fact that it's so fast to spread it's so rapid that's that's the real issue that it it, it spreads so quickly yeah Uh, but yeah like the nba you know they have to do what they have to do. Of course, yeah. You know, we have to protect... If it's um, a global issue, it's affecting multiple yeah. places. Well, they already have in, like, Portland. We have it here in Toronto, everything. Yeah, like, I, I believe there's, like, 100 reported cases in the U.S. And there's about mm-hmm. 30 in Canada, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Uh, or 30 just in Ontario. I don't know. I don't know the exact figures. Something like that. That's what C.J. McCollum said he was going to stop autographing and all that. Because it, it officially hit in uh, Oregon and all of that so cj mccollum said he's he's not doing any more signings any of that yeah um and then i think uh they had a huge i think case in like um san fran i think too uh it, it's everywhere now yeah like so so everyone you know like just stay safe yeah just wa- wash your hands just do all the little things to, like yeah. just don't make it worse that's yeah. what i'm trying to say like we're definitely not doctors but you know, it's uh, something that you shall be. We shall be aware of. Yeah. Uh, with that, that concludes this week's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Definitely subscribe to the show on all the various podcasting platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, basically wherever you can find a podcast. You can find us with the Up and Under Podcast. You can also check out our website, upandunderpodcast.com. It's more of our central hub for the show. So if you guys want to also see blog posts about each episode, if you don't have time to listen to it, you can also read about it on the website as well. Uh, also follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at up letter N under pod for both Twitter and Instagram and Facebook.com slash up and under podcast. Follow us there. Follow the latest updates whenever we post a new episode or a reaction to news as they come. And yeah, as always, guys, we will see you guys all in the next episode. Easy. Take it easy.